It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another Thursday, October 14th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, we also have a crossover Thursday edition, but here on this episode, one of two this Thursday, Joe Rose, voice of the Dolphins, joins me to talk about the start of this season, what in the heck is going on, how concerned we should be. What changes we could see with the Dolphins back with Tua Tagovailoa and much, much more. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go, Dolphins fans. Nothing gets the juices flowing here on Locked On Dolphins like a double header. And that's exactly what we have on deck. Crossover Thursday with Tony Wiggins. It's an excellent conversation around the Jaguars and getting to know that team. Uh, But we're also going to dive into this conversation with Joe Rose today in which we're looking at the evaluation of everything that's happened, everything that has materialized in the first five weeks, things that are going wrong on both sides of the ball, how we can get them amended, um, what role the coaching staff has to play, what role the players have to play, what role the player personnel in Chris Greer in the front office has to play. Uh, there's a lot of things that we get into on today's show uh, that make it one of my favorite conversations that we've shared with Joe, who is always extremely gracious with his time. I love the fact that we share each other's platforms. He's very gracious. He and Zach Krantz, uh, who, who share uh, WQAM with me, on a weekly basis in the mornings, and then Joe coming on Locked On Dolphins and sharing all of his great insight and his experiences with all of us here on Locked On Dolphins. So with that said, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to get out of the way, and we're going to turn this thing over to this crossover, pseudo-crossover, with our dear friend Joe Rose. Back here for another guest appearance on Locked on Dolphins. It's everybody's favorite Dolphins personality, mine included, Mr. Joe Rose. Joe, thanks for carving some time out of your week and catching up on some Dolphins football. We keep having these conversations, and uh, I'm feeling that one of these times it's going to lead to a win. It just has to. So hope things are going well, and and how's your week been thus far? It's been, it's, um, it's, listen, it's great to be able to talk sports for a living, but yeah, this uh, this football and that that thing that just happened in Tampa Bay, especially late third into the fourth quarter. Um, I, I would like the the defense introduce themselves to each other for the first time because it looked like it. It looked like they just met each other the way they played. Um, just did not play together as one unit. Um, I would love to know. Probably never know. I couldn't tell you what a mental breakdown was and what was bad coverage. Some of the tackling uh, didn't seem like the best effort I've seen. So it was a combination of giving Tom Brady and that offense, what, five over 500 yards of offense. And, and by the way, it wasn't like they just went after young guys. They said, hmm, 
we, we're going to go after your veteran guy. Matter of fact, we're just going to go after anybody we want to go after. So there's a, there's a lot of concern, but, but you don't win this game against this team and all the problems they have, then, then we've got some big problems the rest of the season. Uh, you're basically, you're going on a neutral field. You're going a zillion hours away overseas. Um, you've got to win this football game. Yeah, it feels like there's there's few teams in the NFL right now that are struggling more than the Dolphins, but Jacksonville is one of them with everything that's going on with you know Coach Urban Meyer and his off the field decision making, and they've got a rookie quarterback, and that's typically been a a, a dynamic that the Dolphins have had success with uh, under this current regime. So you have to think you like their chances, never mind the fact that you're one and four and you're getting your starting quarterback back. Presumably it seems like, you know, the dolphins, uh, seems like they're, uh, pretty optimistic that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be back as the starter in week six. And he was, everybody had the practice clips of him throwing the football on Wednesday. So, uh, Joe, I think my first question relating specifically to, uh, the game against Jacksonville is, is, how much, because you just got done talking about how poorly the defense played, how much is Tua Tagovailoa going to be kind of an emotional spark for this entire team? Like how, how much of a catalyst can we hope or should we expect his return is going to play here? Yeah, so for, for me, let's start with this, and some people disagree with me on this. Tua, I'm sorry things around you aren't better than they are, that the offensive line hasn't developed more and your receivers haven't been healthy and we haven't seen the group we thought we were going to see. And, hell, we might not this week again with Devontae Parker. That You, you never know till game time with Devontae Parker. But saying all that, Tua needs to show that he's the best quarterback, and I think he is. I think he's a better quarterback than Jacoby is. Um, he's got a 12-game audition for me to show what he can do. Uh, under the circumstances, keep plays alive. But more importantly, when you get a chance and you get the clean pocket and everything's set up, you got to hit the big play down the field. And we got to keep trying to get them. Uh, there have been times, I don't want everybody to think, and, and we do this. There's been times I went back and looked at that game. Jacoby had some time to throw the football yep. in the last two games and already looked like he made up his mind where he wanted to go with the ball because he wasn't sure and maybe he had, I don't want to turn the ball over if I throw it deep. Um, and he missed a deep throw to start with down the sideline this last game to Preston Williams. We got to hit those. And, and I think the more accurate passers playing this week. Um, so he's got to hit those plays. We got to get back some of the things we saw. I, I saw in camp and I wasn't at every practice, maybe 75% of the practices, but I saw deep crossing routes and I saw some things that they did. And I know it's practice and, but but Jalen Waddle, we got to get him down the field. I, yeah, look, he hadn't played a couple of games. He hadn't played great in the opportunities that he's had, including one goes through his hands and gets picked. That's not on Jacoby. That's on on Jalen Waddle's got to catch the ball. I don't care if you're a first round pick or a rookie free agent. You got to catch that football. But we got to get him down the field and get some big plays. This five yards a catch and eight yards a catch. That's for old plow horses like me, not for him with that great speed and the great releases that he has and had some great ones. Um, we we got to find a way to get the ball down the field and get some big plays, get some confidence going. This team lacks confidence right now. I, I, I feel like we got a team that doesn't trust each other. And, and you got to hope, I mean, like you, you, I always say this, 
These are the 53 guys you have all season. You can add a few pieces, but they're probably not going to be better than what you have um, as, as you go around looking or you're getting guys off the practice squad. So, yeah, this is a, this is a big one for two, and two's got to be the spark to get this thing going, get some drives going. Maybe that helps the confidence of, of this broken-down defense that we just saw. But, uh, boy, I, I, I'm looking forward to it because nobody wants to hear any excuses. You know, I don't think anybody's giving out excuses to Tua Tungavailoa. He's a high pick. Uh, he's the first pick that we started on this, this two-year rebuild. Let's get it on. Let's find out. Yep, this is a great opportunity for him to show he's the player everybody thought you were getting coming out of Alabama. And, and you think about the opportunity that's going to be here for him to not just play well, but elevate those players around him, which was, I think, a missing dynamic with Jacoby Brissett, right? So, Tua, and, and you mentioned who knows what's going to happen with Devontae Parker. And I, I wanted to make sure we touched on Devontae, who didn't, he's was, according to Brian Flores, not ready to practice on Wednesday. And he, he was a limited participant in practice last week. Woke up on Sunday morning, felt tight, didn't even try and you know, give it a warm up or anything like that. And just, ah, I'm out. Um, I'm not playing. So uh, the, these soft tissue injuries for Devontae and hamstrings in particular have, have just refused to go away with his time here in Miami. And uh, do we got any sense on uh, you know, what the the root cause is? I know the, early in his career that was talked about, you know, learning to be a professional and taking care of his body. And then he gets into the contract year and he obviously has the big blow up with Ryan Fitzpatrick, gets a new contract. And like all of a sudden we are here, we are again. And just wondering, like, are you as frustrated with I am with Devontae where two of the most important games the Dolphins played in December last year, and he didn't dress because of a, a soft tissue injury. And then you're playing the Super Bowl champions in week five, and you're one and three in a must-win game. And I wake up on Sunday morning, and I decide I'm not even going to try to pull, try and warm up yeah. and see if I'm going to play. The career hamstring is uh, very frustrating, to say the least, for everybody because, I mean, we need him. Like he is when he's on and healthy and moving like he did to start the season, especially against New England, the start and a couple of plays that he made uh, before, even even late in the game when he did play, you know, we've seen all oh, that's Devontae. Those are plays he can make. But when, when you can't play on game day, it, it, you, you, you almost get where um, you can't count on somebody. It's frustrating. And you put up with it for a while because of their talent. And then it, there just gets to a point where you're going, okay, I can't depend on the guy to play. You know, it's one thing to have bad games, but at least being out there. It's another if you can't even play. So um, last week, I thought Preston Williams took advantage of it, especially mm -hmm. early in the game. But like so many game plans, we see somebody have a couple of great plays and we disappear from them, which I will never understand in the uh, life of it. I would have, I would attack Richard Sherman the way he was moving in that game. Uh, he would have had 20 targets his way at least. He looked slow. He looked sluggish coming in and out of his break. Um, they saw it, obviously, because they did go after him. And then we just kind of just uh, kind of got away from it a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very frustrated with it. You know, and I'm at a point, whoever's healthy, let's get Albert Wilson. We still haven't been able to get that one going. But I, I think Preston Williams is going to be going forward. He He looked closer. What I saw even a couple of weeks before, I still didn't think he had it. He showed a little bit like he's getting closer to mm -hmm. 100%. And uh, 
if we've got to go with Preston Williams and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki, if that's what you have, I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than what you had at the end of last year. Let's right. go with it and throw in some Matt Collins and and uh, try to get Albert Wilson, who seems to be healthy. we got to figure out how to get him the ball down the field. And by the way, that's the frustration of this coaching situation, which leads to the other frustration you have in the play calling combination of whatever that thing is. And hopefully it is Coach Gotsy now calling the plays because um, that is a head-scratching thing that Brian Flores has done with those guys. And he's calling the plays well. He, he gets the plane, he changes it a little bit. And I'm like, what? What is this stuff, man? <laughs> I know I'm an outdated old football player, but what is all this stuff? How many people we got cooking dinner here, man? Right. Right now the wife's cooking dinner. I don't have a bunch of other. I, I just. Oh. You'll Oof. turn around. You, do, you got three different sets of steaks on the grill because nobody, nobody said that they were starting, yeah. right? So everybody's or, or, trying to do the or same I'm gonna, thing. I'm going to tweak this one a little bit. I kind of like your play, but there's something I want to add to it. Okay. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto car parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price is the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So I'm glad you mentioned Preston and Jalen. And the one name that you didn't mention was a name that they were really slow to get started this year, but he was very involved against Tampa Bay, and that's Miles Gaskin. And it seems as though 10 receptions, he had two touchdowns. Seems as though he he struggled a little bit in pass protection early in the season, and it felt like that was kind of why he wasn't taking snaps. Right. Um, but if this is a team that that's just unable to run the football with any consistency, and you saw them not even bother to try to run the ball against Tampa Bay, but you know, they haven't had success consistently resetting the line of scrimmage to this point in the season anyway. 
Is there any reason why Miles Gaskin shouldn't be getting 75% of the snaps if you're going to be throwing the ball at the clip that we expect this team to because of they, they have to out of necessity to be a pass catcher out of the backfield? Considering the situation you're in, um, I think they get away from that balance of wanting to play them all, and it's a long season. We want to keep everybody healthy. I think there's a little more urgency to play your best players right now. Yeah. So to your point, I expect Miles Gaskin to play a little bit more. Um, I would love to know when they sit in those meetings, they try to figure out time between Gaskin, Brown, and Ahmed. I, I don't know how they do it. They all have different things. I, I would agree. Brown's been the, the best blocker of the three when you have that. So I don't know how much that has to do. I expect they're going to blitz the you-know-what out of the Dolphins this week and come after it. Why not? Everybody else has had success, especially bringing safeties from the from the corners, from the edge. So um, I expect more of that stuff. But I'll tell you, if, if you can't have some success this week, I mean, you look at their numbers, and when you haven't won a game or you've won one game, the stats don't lie, man. You start looking, right. they're giving up 30 points a game. We're giving up 30 points a game, which is just absolutely embarrassing. I think the Miami Dolphins defense, with a lot of those same guys, not all of them, but a lot of the same guys from last year, and you're averaging uh, giving up 30-plus points a game is incredible. But they've got their problems across the board. The only thing Jacksonville d- does do and do well, and I got a feeling – Talk to you about this on the radio. They're going to try to pound that defensive front of seven for the Miami Dolphins. They're going to go, Raekwon, we think you and Christian and the rest of those linebackers, linebackers haven't done a great job of tackling. They've been getting blocked too, which you brought up. Um, they're going to go after those guys. Hey, hey, this is one thing we can do. Take the pressure off Trevor so he doesn't have to throw it a lot. And uh, we're going to run that football then then we'll we'll get the rest of our passing game going. So they've got to, you know, we keep talking. Everybody goes, hey, man, this is a game to get healthy. You're finally playing them. Well, Jacksonville's going, hey, we got the Dolphins. Did you right. see some of their tapes? They're watching the tapes, the the uglies. And, uh, and they're pretty excited, I'm sure, about playing this game to finally get a first win. They've lost 20 straight. Can you imagine what that celebration is going to look like if they beat <laughs> the Dolphins over there? I'm glad you had mentioned letting with urgency, letting your best players play. And I know when I came on the radio uh, on Wednesday morning, I had mentioned Zach Sealer as a name who is, would love to see him get more involved. He's getting less than 50% of the defensive snaps. The other one, because I, one of the things that I'm doing in the podcast this week is I'm looking at the entirety of the roster, the active roster, the practice squad, the guys on IR, and I'm kind of evaluating, okay, like who are the guys that we know are going to be like three-year building blocks for us to work with moving forward? Who are the guys that we know are expiring contracts? You know, they might be good players, but we don't know if they're going to be here long-term. And then who are the incomplete players where we're still trying to figure out what they are? And as I've been doing this, one of the things that I'm looking at is snap counts, and that's kind of what led me to Zach Sealer needs to play more, right? But I didn't realize Emmanuel Agba is playing 63% of the Dolphins' defensive snaps. With how good he's been playing as a pass rusher, I think his pass-to-run reps ratio this year is 2-1, to one, where he, he's, for every one rep he gets rushing or playing the run, he's rushing the passer, which is good. You know, you're, you're putting him in a position to, to rush the passer and be impactful there, but this was an every-down player. I mean, this, this is somebody who's capable of playing the run. So... 
we have talent on defense. You mentioned the 30 points a game that they're giving up. 420 yards or whatever it is defensively per game that you're conceding. And I'm sitting here looking at a depth chart that has Wilkins, Sealer, Davis, and Agba up front, plus Jalen Phillips as a rookie. I'm looking at Jerome Baker on the second level. Davian Howard and Byron Jones outside. And I understand Byron played this past week through a, a bit of a nagging injury, and it might have impacted him a little bit. Uh, Nick Needham just looked really good in the nickel and, and has had some bright flashes. And then obviously it's safety of Eric Rowe, who's been really impactful the last two years covering tight ends and another high pick in, in Javon Holland, who we're really enthusiastic about. How in the heck do you take all those pieces with all that talent that exists and have the results that you're, you're getting? Yeah. And for me, it was like, are, are we platooning too much? Like, should we be asking these guys to take on more snaps? And I'm just curious, like Agba at 63%, Sealer at 47%. Kind of curious where you stand on that potential variable here being something that's uh, maybe negatively impacting a talented defense that brought a lot of guys back. I know a lot of guys are frustrated, not on the team, but a lot of guys watching the games um, and doing the game with the amount of rotations they do in and out uh, on plays. Um, sometimes switching as many as what, four, five, six guys, maybe not six, five guys come out and they bring in different packages from, from play to play. Um, I know one thing, there is a lot of holes in this defense that there shouldn't be. And I, I sense there's a lot of guys back there. So, so my take on a, on a key guy I've been watching a lot is Javon Holland. You brought him up. Um, He's doing a lot of thinking right now instead of playing. He's one of those guys that's back there and not sure. And he's always seems to be in the area, but not close enough to make a play right now. So he's not letting that athletic ability that we've seen in practice when he's just letting it go and he's free to do stuff. Right now, um, I see a guy that is, uh, is a little bit lost out there. And that's on that coaching staff to – get it where he's not thinking so he can play fast again. And right now he's not playing fast. Um, I, I, I just, I, I sense um, if they're doubling a guy, uh, there's a lot of talking between guys after a play because somebody's so open and um, the pick thing has been around forever. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. the, these pick plays, uh, you can't be surprised. Like what, there's gotta be a switch or you gotta get around the the pick and get out there in the flats. We just get killed uh, throwing the ball out in the flats and, and guys turning up for first down. First downs are too easy to get right now against this Miami Dolphins defense. And um, I think a lot of this is, is coaching. And, and let me tell you, if the players start to lose confidence in what you're doing and, and they're sitting there and something happens and they're looking at each other, not sure what to do. Oh, you're, you're screwed. If you don't have 11 guys playing together, you, you got big problems. And, and they just seemed last year, they were so in sync with everything they mm -hmm. did. Their blitzes, their disguises, um, just so good. And this group um, just, there, there seems to be a lot of confusion out there. And that's not, that's not going to work. Not going to work with so many guys so open. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridironers. Teams are back for yet another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything 
football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when they first drafted Holland, I love that you mentioned this. My original thought was, okay, this is the hybrid safety that they're going to draft to play in the nickel because that's what he did in 2019. A lot of what, you know, they had been asking Minka Fitzpatrick uh, to do when they first got here in 2019, Fitzpatrick kind of scoffed at and said, I'm, I'm not going to go work on blocking drills. Like I'm going to go, (laughs) go work on coverage. Um, but obviously the, the, when it was announced that the plan was to play him at free safety, I was kind of surprised a little bit because that is that quarterback role that does exist in the secondary uh, to to make a lot of those calls. So I think what you're, what you say there uh, makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because that that's so much in this defense to put on a rookie and it's great that you trust him to do it. uh, But if there's growing pains and, and we're seeing that now materialize, is is it a matter of getting Jason McCourty, who's still playing uh, 73% of the defensive snaps for the Dolphins this year? Jason McCourty oh, is it, put him much. in the put him in the high post, maybe, and let Javon play lower down where he can just let the athleticism and, and range near the line of scrimmage. I I don't have the answers, but I, I'm not yeah. getting paid to have the answers, and neither are you. So we'll see how this continues to evolve uh, here. Joe, I have one kind of big picture question because I've been continuing to try to keep my perspective as best as I can that, you know, this, this rebuild, there, there's a lot of young talent that exists on the roster and I'll, I'll we leave hope. You with this. Yeah. Is it, is it concerning to you or, or what do you make of 2019 and 2020? We had so many players that came in who were players that were UDFAs or were street free agents and they really took to this coaching staff very quickly. And they, they experienced a lot of rapid growth as players. And now here we are in the third year with this regime. And you've got a bunch of high draft selections that were brought in. You should have exponentially more physical talent at your disposal. But the, those exponentially more physically talented players who were hand selected by this regime to come in here and further the message seem to not be resonating with what you're trying to teach and coach them, you know, and, and how much of a potential indictment or a threat does that be if it persists to the coaching staff in its entirety? That in the front office, um, that, that's that's an issue right there. That's the biggest issue on this team has been development 
over these last couple of drafts, which we know how important they are. I've beat it up. If somebody sees me, they go, oh, Joe Rose is going to bring it up at some point. Nine <laughs> picks in the first or second. Here he goes. He's going to say it at some point. Well, yeah, those are ones and twos, man. We're never going to have five ones again in two drafts or four twos most likely in, in uh, two drafts that we need to hit. And we're not getting enough out of those guys. Don't, don't feel badly saying it. Whether you want to just say this is on the front office or this on the coaching staff, we don't have enough guys showing up. And if it was like that around the league and that was the NFL, like, oh, slow development, but turn your TV on. We got a lot of number one picks at different positions in their first and second year that are balling out, uh, playing great football. So it does work. It does work. Um I'm not 100% blaming one or the other, but a combination of the two, the slow development is going to end up costing some people some jobs if it doesn't pick up here real quickly. Um, I know one thing, this owner, he'll eat contracts on people if he thinks he can get something better. He's 81 years old. He wants to win. And uh, I, I just to think that they're playing their worst football since – since Brian Flores got here in those first six or seven games, not quite that bad, but doesn't feel far off. Not, not too far off when you've already got two ugly losses. Um, it's, it's really frustrating. And, and that's why we're sitting here and we're, we're putting this team under a microscope. I, I hear like you do from all dolphin fans. I go, no, nah, that's a good point. And when things are this bad, you know, outside of crazy conspiracy theories, out there, I um, I would agree. We we got we got a lot of problems right now. A lot of problems, and I just go to this. I always do this. How many guys are playing well, young or veteran guys? Even guys we saw play well last year. It's hard to find guys that were that are playing better from last year, playing better this year than last year. We mm-hmm. we don't have it, and, and these young classes of guys. I keep waiting for one rookie to have a breakout game, man, and go, wow, that's what we have to look forward to. Um, so we got we got to do a better job. And, and for the first time over the last couple of weeks, people are going, this coaching staff's not doing a very good job. Um, we got the coach saying, hey, we're not playing. We're not playing as a group and, and that stuff. And for the first time, people are looking at Coach Flores. And the Chris Greer thing is, and his staff, um, you know, it's great to have all these picks, but when it happened, I was the first to say, it's great, and I'm aboard if this is what you want to do, Miami Dolphins, but these guys better be good, and in some cases, better be good pretty quickly. And, you know, and if Austin Jackson has to slide from tackle to guard, he can be really good. I can survive with that. So if he's going to be, he's going to be a good left tackle. I, I think Liam Eikenberg, everybody I've talked to that knows more about the offensive line than I do think he's got a chance to be a really good player um, at left tackle where he's at home. He just felt like he moved at home when he got where you're, you're our left tackle going forward. He called the family and said, I'm back home, man. I'm back home. <laughs> Everything home cooking. I, I'm here. I've been waiting for this day. I didn't know it was going to happen. And he's been saying all the right things that Notre Dame guys always say. Those guys are the best, man. They're the best PR guys coming out. But he is, you know, if those guys hit and 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 this thing gets better, then that's fine. But but we got a lot of other parts um, 
that that got to get better if we're going to get serious about winning against some good teams. And and right now we just got to get by a really bad team in Jacksonville because I guarantee you they think and they're looking at those tapes from last week and that Tampa Bay game going, damn, we got a chance to win this game. Yep, We got a chance. We can rush them. Ooh, we can cover them. They don't tackle real well. We might be able to run for 150, 160 yards against this defense. We can keep it close and we can keep running. Let Trevor mix in some passes. That's their mindset. And I think we're going to have a hell of a game, but the Dolphins need to come home with a win for sure. Yep. And if they don't, the tone the next time we speak here on uh, WQAM oh. and on Locked On Dolphins, let's let's not even think about it. We're we're not going to let that reality come unless it absolutely has to. Yeah. And we'll let the Dolphins decide that on Sunday morning when they play in London. Uh, so, Joe, thanks so much for your time. As always, it's always great catching up with you. Love talking Dolphins football with you. And I know all of our our listeners here on Locked On Dolphins are appreciative uh, for your time as well. Hey, listen, I feel everybody's pain out there. Hang in there. Keep saying it. Um, there's no secrets. Our, our fans are very knowledgeable about what's going on. Um, we all have a little general manager and head coach in all of us. That's what makes the game so great. So let's see if they can get some things figured out here, uh, especially with the games they have with Jacksonville and coming back home to play Atlanta team they scrimmage with for a couple of days. Let's see if they can get this thing straightened out. But I love being on with you, man, talking football. It's always great. Thank you. That's going to do it for us here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.